Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and that's our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. We've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental over the years and make them their permanent family dentistry, and every single one of them have come back to us with fantastic experiences, and that's what we've experienced as well because so many of us over at DNVR go to Green Mountain Dental, and they treat you like family. And not only that, they're big-time Colorado sports fans so you can talk Colorado sports when you're getting your teeth cleaned and on top of that if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from them that's right you're going to go to the dentist anyway so might as well go somewhere that's going to treat you right where you can talk Colorado sports and they're going to give you a Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam so check them out over at Green Mountain Dental all right fellas let's hop into the show DNVR, huge shout out to our friends Pleasure Horse for our great intro song there. <clears throat> and we are live once again from Studio C. Uh, the C stands for, hmm, can Vic Fangio save his job? That's the best <laughs> I can do right now. Um, I think you, you, you saved your job on that pretty well, Ryan. There we go. Thank you. Thank or, you. Uh, con- or contingency plan, because doing this remotely is always a contingency plan behind actually being in the same place at the same time. That is true. Um, I thought you were going to say Joel Payton dialing up a contingency plan <laughs> in case he does move on from Vic. Um, Maybe. We've got a lot to talk about here today, but there's a very pressing question that we have mm-hmm. to answer right yeah. off the top of the show. And it comes in from our friend Buona Beast. It says, Mace, do you hate the show Friends? I just feel like you despise it. We deserve to know. Yeah, I don't like the show. <laughs> I feel like there's a there's very little overlap between Seinfeld fans and Friends fans. I think there, you know what, Seinfeld had been on for a few years before Friends came on, and so 
I think sign people who were Seinfeld enthusiasts looked at Friends and said, "Oh, it's you know, they, they're just a little younger, but in, you know, instead of sitting around a diner, they're sitting around a coffee shop." I think Seinfeld fans looked at the, at the premise of Friends as being pretty derivative and not and unoriginal, and thought that you know, like the the, the Xerox the Xerox copy isn't quite as good as the as the original. And right. so, yeah, that's, I think that's why there's not a lot of, uh, of, of, of overlap. And I remember a couple of years ago when Vic was talking, Vic Manager was talking about some of his television habits and, uh, said that he liked to watch friends. And honestly, that, that disappointed me in him. Mm, uh, yeah. So I, I like both. Um, I, I like friends. I, you know, I, I, I do believe it's slightly overrated by its, its diehard fans, but most things are right. Um, what, what messes me up? I almost cursed. What, what, what messes me up when it comes to watching friends is my mom and sister loved that show when I was growing up. So I've been seeing it since I was, you know, whatever, five years old. And I always imagined those people being so old. And the way the show is set, like they're like 29 years old, and and so they're my age, and that really uh really messes with my head anytime it's on now. You guys will be shocked to know I'm a uh, I'm in neither category. Not because I I don't like either show, but I just never got into either of them. And actually, I cannot stand anything that has a fake laughed soundtrack. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That. You'll, I can't you hate do this that. show because that's what you are for it. Exactly. Maybe that's why. You know, I do. I hate myself. <laughs> it's just kidding. Just kidding. The, the laugh track, though. I mean, it, even though it's you still use it, see it used from time to time. It's still it does it does date it a little bit. And in fact, like uh, you look at, for example, like Curb Your Enthusiasm is basically the stylistic sequel to Seinfeld in a lot of ways, and there and there's never been a laugh track on that. So. People say that um, How I Met Your Mother is like the stylistic sequel to Friends. Yeah. Uh, I, I would side with How I Met Your Mother as the better show. Um, but yeah, I've definitely true. never watched an episode of that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think How I Met Your Mother, is a, there's a little bit more depth there, I think, than there was on Friends. Uh, we've got a self-aware Drew Locke fan in the comments here saying, a little overrated by its diehard fans hit me in the feels as a Locke fan. I appreciate that. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's good that's really good right that's a good segue from friends and seinfeld back into the denver broncos and boys the question today is a fun old question you know it feels like we have this conversation every year oh that's right because we it do does. have this conversation every year <laughs> it's like seeing an old friend that you only see around the holidays and here it is uh, old friend should the broncos win out or lose out, what's the better scenario? And we can go through what we prefer, what we think George Payton would prefer, and then I think what, what Vic Fangio would prefer, and maybe you could even go down the list um, and hit a couple players there. Um, so I'll, I'm going to start. I'll start and, and just state the obvious here. Uh, it's absolutely, positively, 100,000% better if the Broncos lose out. Um <laughs> hundred percent a hundred I mean now there is a one percent chance they could make the playoffs and uh Eric Dalala who works for the Broncos put out the scenario yesterday and I looked at it and I was like 
that feels like more than one percent chance but then i realized <laughs> yeah. it's like a you know it's like a 10 game parlay and 10 game parlay is gonna have about a one one percent chance of hitting so that made more sense to me once i put once i brought it into you know my world um I think it's actually eight, right? The Broncos have to win both games, and they need four results each week. They need, uh, yeah, it's a, the, it was seven results in total, three this week, and then four the next week. So it was Broncos have to win both. This week, the Rams have to beat Baltimore. Tennessee has to beat Miami. Cleveland has to beat Pittsburgh. And then next week, Pittsburgh has to beat Baltimore. The Bengals have to beat Cleveland. The Patriots have to beat Miami, and then the Chargers have to beat uh, the beat beat the Raiders. I mean, basically, yeah. like for example, like the Chargers have to go exactly nine and eight, and then and then the Raiders can't be involved in a nine and eight tiebreak. Right. That so- that that's the that's the thing. Like if the Raider if the if or or just the Raiders. Like if it's Raiders Chargers Broncos, the Broncos actually come out would actually come out and win the tiebreak. So, right. So it's a seven game parlay. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never hit a seven game parlay. Um, even all favorites, except the Broncos, as Henry says in the chat, it's not happening. It's just not going to happen. So, and honestly, the one that I'm least confident in is the Broncos. Like they're the one that as I think messes up. Yeah. Right. They're the one that I think mess up the parlay. Um, especially if the Chiefs have anything to play for, and we, you know we have um, five seasons of reasons to believe that. Um, and here's the main reason the Broncos currently sit with the 11th overall pick, which guys in a year where you're one game under 500, you're kind of lucky here. Like actually really lucky that there's such a log jam in the middle of the NFL that you're able to flirt with 500 all year and then flirt with a top 10 pick at the end of the year. Um, so if you lose out, obviously the, you couldn't do worse than 11th, right? Um, if every team in front of you loses out as well, and there's probably some teams that play each other, you couldn't, you could you can't do worse than 11th. You'll probably jump into the top 10 or you have a chance to jump into the top 10. And as much as I hate the fact that this is what we're talking about, that is absolutely better than giving yourself a 1% chance of making the playoffs. It is so wild that the Broncos in one week went from truly competing to the playoffs to truly competing for a top 10 pick. It is crazy, Ryan, that that can happen in a year like this. It just shows you how many teams are so close, but it also shows you how much these next two weeks matter for the Broncos because not only can they get into the top 10, Ryan, there's a scenario. Now it's probably even crazier than a a, a seven game parlay, but there's a scenario for the Broncos to jump all the way up to number six and have the sixth overall pick in just a matter of weeks go from, you know, being a playoff team to the sixth overall pick. Now there's also a chance and I'm going to put the 0.1% of the playoffs on the back burner here. Let's say the Broncos don't make the playoffs. We eliminate that. There's also a chance the Broncos fall to the 18th pick. These next two weeks are huge. And when we've talked about this conversation in the past, typically with two weeks left, there's like a five spot difference in the draft. We're talking about 13 to 18, 15 to 10. 10. We're talking about 12 pick difference here. Six overall pick in this draft. There's a chance you get the number one overall quarterback, or there's a chance that if you want that first pick, you only have to trade one first round pick in order to do it. If you're at 16, 
good luck getting uh, the the top guy on the board. So these next two games are still huge. And uh, when we had this conversation four or five years ago, I think we kind of viewed from the point of, well, maybe there is something to, you know, building that winning culture, win out, get close to 500, get above 500. That's going to do wonders in the offseason. No. I'm not being fooled by that again. There, there is nothing that bleeds over to the next year. You go seven and ten this year. Yeah, the only thing that bleeds over is going to the playoffs. That, that's it. Once you're out of the playoffs, as far as I'm concerned, lose them all. And, and Zach, I, I was looking at like what it would take to get to number six. It takes, it takes the Seahawks winning twice, the Panthers winning twice. Yeah, that's oh, way worse. I'm winning twice. I mean, I'll have a piece on everything that. Oh, uh, the I know, need but to like ten to tomorrow. Let's not give the people false hope here. Realistically, hey, you were the one giving the people false hope to giving the path to the playoffs here. Hey, there. Hey, the five five percent is a lot better chance than than this was, and that at least you could say was largely within the Broncos' control. This this requires. Bad teams. Wait, no, no, no. The Broncos have 0.1% of a chance. No, to I'm get talking to the about 5%. Right I'm not saying the Broncos have a chance at the playoffs this week. I never said that. I, I'm, I, I said it was mathematical, and that's it. I, I'm not the one putting out the path to the playoffs. Eric Delal is the one doing that. I put out the path to the playoffs last week. When they lost yeah. that game, that was it. That, I that, mean, it's done. look. Neither thing is happening. We don't. I mean, yeah. we we could argue about which one is less likely. It's definitely the number six pick. Yeah. Um, because in in the uh, path to the playoffs, you need good teams to beat less good teams. In the path to the number six pick, you need bad teams to beat uh, better teams that are better than them. Yeah, they're um, playing so, for something. Yeah, it's like a giant, you know, all dogs parlay. Uh, but either way, the the top ten I think is an attainable goal. Um, for that to happen, you would need uh, the Falcons to win one of the next two while you lose both, and then um, Washington football team and the and the Washington football team, right, to win one of the next two, and then you would get yep. it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's and, a, that's and, a and the Broncos, the Broncos can thank their weak strength of schedule for this because not only did they get an easy schedule this year because of their their fourth place uh division schedule but also they have right now of the 18 teams not in the playoffs they have the second easiest strength of schedule so that means they're going to win every single tiebreaker outside of the one that they have right now with the Falcons who have an easy even easier strength of schedule but if they tie with anyone else they're going to win that tiebreaker and winning that tiebreaker means a better draft pick yep Yep, exactly. So, yeah, so the top 10 is actually an attainable goal. Um, you can win more games than last year and have a better pick mm-hmm. than last year. Uh, now, unfortunately, I would say weaker <coughs> draft than last year, so you might not get as good of a player as you got in Pat Sertan um, at that ninth pick, mm-hmm. but you have a lot of flexibility. Once you get into the top 10, we've talked about this seemingly every year. Once you get into the top 10, you have some room to move around. You have um, a piece there that is enticing to teams in front of you, right? You're not asking a team at five to go back to 14 where, you know, there's usually a steep drop off in talent. And this year it goes a little earlier. So that is working against you in my opinion, but 
let's say you really want Malik Willis and he's sitting there at number six. Um, and you know, you want to jump up and get him. You can do that. That's a move you can make. Now, if you win even one of these next two games, there's a chance you fall all the way down to 15. Mm. Um, and if that were the case, then you're just not like, it's going to be really difficult to get from there to six. Yeah. So there's another result. I think that in that regard, everyone needs to be rooting for if you want the Broncos to get a better pick. And this week it's, you want to root for the Titans to beat the dolphins because if the Titans win, then as long as the NFL has the Titans and chiefs against the Broncos, obviously kicking off at the same time in week 18, the Chiefs would be playing for something. Mm, interesting. Or you want the Chiefs to lose this. Right. Week. Either Both the Chiefs lose or the, or the Titans. Yeah. Chiefs lose. Titans win. E- either one of those happen. Kansas City will come, to, will come to Denver with something to play for because the league historically has, if there's been something like the number one seed on the line, the league historically has made sure that those teams are playing at the same time. So it wouldn't, it would almost certainly not be Titans playing early. And then their result means the chiefs aren't playing for anything late. They would probably, they would almost certainly make that Titans game in the late window when the chiefs play to make sure that both of them were, were battling for something. And so, and that the chiefs had to go out their balls to the wall and play that week 18 game. So we're doing something that's probably making a lot of Broncos fans' stomach sick because not only are we saying it's better for the Broncos to lose these final two games, we're saying lose to the Chargers and then extend the losing streak to the Chiefs at home. And we're just trying to take a a big, broad picture because getting that quarterback, getting a better draft pick is better. But, guys, I do have to ask you, I I mean – would there be any good thing to come out of finally snapping that losing streak to the Chiefs, especially because if it happens, it would probably be against the backup Chiefs in a game that means nothing to them. No, and no. I thought you hit the nail on the head with the backup. If you're beating the backups, then you're going to have that asterisk by it. We're, we're not going to talk about the losing streak anymore, but we're all every time it comes up, someone's always going to say, yeah, but you beat them with Chad Henney out there and you beat them without player X, without player Y, without player Z. And but, I mean, yeah, but I mean, then the losing streak would be over. Now there yeah. would definitely be an asterisk and every oh. Kansas city fan will let you know about that asterisk, but it wouldn't be 13 games going into next year. It'd be zero. I'd rather have the draft pick just like yeah. you go back to last yeah. year. And, and I, I agree. You look at there, there's one result that could have really kind of changed the discussion we're having right now in terms of the Broncos future. And it was when the Broncos held on by the skin of their teeth to beat the Panthers there in December. If the Broncos lose that game and they're four and 12, they're picking fifth instead of ninth. And the reason why it's worth noting is that from five, moving up to three might have been doable for the Broncos. And our discussion might be about Trey Lance as the yep. quarterback of the future already on the roster who the Broncos did like an awful lot. Yeah. I mean, to me, Zach, the, the chief's question is like, would, would you rather get laid or would you rather find love? Um, and wow. one, you know, short-term satisfaction, one gives you long-term security. So we'd be um, calling it a slump buster. Is that what it would be? 
if the would, if the Broncos beat the Scrub Chiefs, it would quite literally be a slump buster. Uh, so, but yeah, then you that's... get to go into the next year not having, not feeling so desperate, Ryan. Oh. And, and, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, I didn't say there's no pros. <laughs> hey, it, it'll feel it'll feel better if you snap the instead of snapping the streak against the Chiefs Scrubs. It'll feel better if you're snapping the streak with. Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson because you had a top 10 pick that helped make the deal happen. Or if you're snapping the streak with QB of the future that you get out of the draft, that'll feel better because that might feel like the start of something meaningful. Whereas this is just going to be that end of the season one off like a baseball September call up, like call up doing well, who cares? Yeah. Okay. Really quickly. No one here, and we have to do this every time we do this conversation, no one here is saying the players are going to want to lose. Um, obviously, the players are going to go in and absolutely fight. their live, you know, This is their livelihood. This is their job. This is their pride. Mm-hmm. No one here is insinuating that the players would want to lose. We're just saying what's the better scenario for the Broncos. Um, and we're going to talk more about this because there's several – uh, offshoot conversations that we haven't even hit yet. Um, but first, want to tell you guys to come down, hang out at the DNVR bar. DNVR bar was popping last night uh, for the Nuggets game, and they got a good one. Now, the Nuggets really need to find a way to kick this habit of building up giant leads and then blowing them in the fourth quarter, but they only blew it momentarily, and then they got they, they, they finished the job and won. Um, like I said, bar was popping. Everyone had a great time. Uh, we'd love for you to come down to the DNVR bar. Check us out if you haven't yet. If you have, well, then you know you want to come back. 22-ounce uh, beers for being a member uh, for the price of a 16-ounce beer. Uh, great food. We actually just updated the menu. I haven't even had time to try some of the new stuff, uh, but I, I've heard the uh, the chicken sandwich is fantastic, um, so I'm looking forward to trying that. Uh, all sorts of great stuff uh, on the menu, and, of course, great people down there that you can hang out with you probably run into someone you know from twitter aside uh from from the dnvr crew so come down check out the dnvr bar i'd love to see you someplace you probably won't run into someone from twitter is when you're sleeping in your bed and unless you're trying to get lucky like uh ryan was talking about earlier but regardless you should get the snooze flip mattress from our friends over at snooze sleep because the snooze flip is the most universal mattress in the world it's a four in one mattress and you're saying a mattress is only one thing how can it be four in one well One side of the mattress is soft. One side of the mattress is firm. And then there's a reversible cover that gets it. One side is hot. One side can be up to five degrees cooler. And so you can mix and match that cover and which side of the bed you want. And boom, there you go. You have the most universal mattress on the planet. And it's also a Colorado company, but it's built for the world. So wherever you are, you can get a snooze flip mattress from our friends over at Snooze Sleep. Just go to snoozesleep.com and use the code dnvr and you'll get up to five hundred dollars on an adjustable base and uh the the snooze flip mattress and they'll double it when you look for a king size mattress they'll give you up to a thousand dollars five hundred for the mattress five hundred for the adjustable base it is such a comfortable bed and you can get it with a huge discount by going to snoozesleep.com and using the code dnvr and if you've got a good job and you're working hard, you're going to need those good nights of sleep. And if you don't like your job, you're looking for something new, something better, why don't you check out the positions available at Balls Plant and Gold? In particular, 
Ball is looking for production technicians. Production techs work on the front line of their aluminum beverage can production process over at the plant in Golden. Ball offers a competitive wage of $27.39 per hour to start, with potential for an increase at 6 12 and 18 months on on the job you'll be exposed to a lot of other manufacturing opportunities in the plant as you work on the stages of production making aluminum cans and ends what you do is if you're production tech you're responsible for machine adjustments on the high-speed production equipment making these cans you're a part of the production team both in quality and meeting operational goals for volume and you can use this job to go bigger places at ball. It's got skills growth been to, be, built into it. Many production techs become maintainers, which is next step up. And many people who started as production techs have moved to other roles in operations and management. So you've got chance for growth at ball. It's a full-time job with benefits, comprehensive insurance active on the day of hire, 401k for retirement, stock out ownership program, and even potential for an annual bonus. These are all benefits of working for a huge company that takes care of its of his quality employees like Ball does. So if you want to get in on that, get a new job for the new year, new career for the new year, text GOLDEN to 77222, and you'll be linked to open positions at Ball. You can also go directly at jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or text GOLDEN to 77222 to be unstoppable at ball. All right, guys, a uh, couple more little layers that we have to peel back here. Uh, but first I want to um, address one that I saw in the comments. I'll see if I can find it. It was kind of a long time ago. Anyways, um, I believe it was Daniel Sepp in the comments who said, uh, it's not the best thing for the Broncos to lose out. It's actually the best thing for the Broncos or for Drew Locke to play and ball out to increase his trade value. And to that, I would say there's just no way Drew could play well enough in the last two games to, um, I guess, it, it increase his value, the amount that the difference between, like, pick 18 and pick 9 or even pick 11 really is. Yeah, yeah what you're like, talking about yeah. with Drew is you're talking about a jump from, what, a sixth-round pick right now, seventh, sixth-round pick, to a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, if you were to really ball out. The difference between, let's say, a 16th pick in the draft and the eighth pick in the draft is worth a first-round pick. And the difference between yep. a fourth-round pick and a seventh-round pick is worth a fifth-round pick. So, I mean, the differences there are just massive. Well, even like forget about like eight, about eighteen pick eleven. Let's just even if the Broncos can't move to from pick eleven to pick nine, even that difference right there is the equivalent of a late third, early fourth round pick alone, and that's on the draft value chart. We get into terms of trade possibility. That's it's probably worth more than that. It's probably worth a third round pick, and I mean. If Drew Locke plays well, what does his trade value get to at the most? A four, a five, based on the body of work? Yeah, it's it's not it it, it does the calculus doesn't add up here. Yeah, I mean, I do recall a time when one good game at the end of the season dramatically increased the value of a quarterback. That would, of course, be Matt Flynn. Um, but, but that he was, that was a high leverage situation though. Yeah. And he was completely yeah. unknown yeah. to that point. Right. He, hadn't, right. he, he didn't have a book out on him. 
He played one game, like you said, in a high leverage situation or a small uh, a small sample size. I don't know if it was his only start ever at that point, but I feel like it was. Uh, and he balled out. And so all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, this guy can hack it, uh, you know, and there's no evidence that he can't. Yeah. Yeah, there was no body of work there. It was liter- It was literally one start that he made in 20, 20- I believe it was in uh, 2011, and I want to say they were playing uh, the, the the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. If correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I don't or no, remember. Or no, 2010. Sorry, he in 2010 he started against the Patriots. My bad. They lost. He did well, and then he made one start in 2011. I think when they had clinched as well against Detroit. But it was that it was that Patriot game that everyone kind of leaned on as well uh, back back in 2010 to say, wow. This kid went into Foxborough and he never started before, and the Patriots were on their way to a number one seed, and he was great. Let's yeah. pay him. Didn't he throw for like four hundred and fifty yards or something? <laughs> yeah. Something like something ridiculous like that. Let me, let me look it up here. Um, like he had five hundred eighteen yards for the season. Oh, okay. And in, in that in that specific game, hang on here. It's 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 great. It's great podcasting when I'm looking this sort of thing up. <laughs> by the way, it, Matt Flint, yeah. 24 of 37, 251, three touchdowns, one pick, a 100.2 rating. And that wasn't actually as good as I thought. Yeah, but it was the next year game. Against Detroit, he had a huge yardage total, but he had one touchdown and three picks. Okay, what was the yardage? Um, Hang on here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, it's all right. Yeah, I I remember the discussion revolving more around what he did in that Patriot game than what he did. The Lion game, he threw for 480. Okay, one yeah, that's, that's or my, or my bad. Oh, I misread it. Six touchdowns, one pick, three okay. sacks th- against okay. the Lions. That's the go. one that's that I huge. remember. Yeah. Six touchdowns yeah. in 480. Yeah, because I remember the Sunday night game against the Patriots, and they had to sit on him for a while. But, like, oh, wow, this kid, if he could go into New England and play like that, what could he do if he ends up starting? And then he gets to Seattle, and they draft somebody named Russell Wilson, and that's it. Anyways, guys, no one cares about Matt Flynn. I just want to say, if Drew threw for six touchdowns and 480 yards in one of these last two games, I think he could probably get his value better than a fourth. If he beats the Chiefs, and let's say the Chiefs are playing for something, then yes, definitely, mm-hmm. I think so. <laughs> um, that would be that would be wild. But yeah, like you said, uh, there there are two people that I feel like these last two games impact the most in the Broncos organization. One is George Payton and one is Vic Fangio. Now, a lot of people believe the decision has already been made on Fangio. So if that's the case, then he doesn't really have anything to stand on, but he's going to want to go out with a couple wins. Um, So how do you guys think, uh, you know, that scenario, how do you think that situation plays out internally? I was trying to think for George Payton, what are the benefits for winning? Because ultimately, he benefits right now in the short term from a better draft pick. So losing out would make sense for him. And guys, tell me if if you can think of anything else. The The first reason is we've talked about it. A new owner is going to come in and just a couple of months from now, there is a chance that he is not sold on George Payton. Now, I think the owner will at least give George Payton a year or two, especially with how highly regarded George is around the league. But there's a chance that the new owner comes in and says, okay, you went 7-10? and 10? Yeah, I want to bring my own guy in. You're out. And so uh, a winning record 
could kind of change the owner's mind to that. And so that's one thing. Again, I don't think that's probably going to happen, but that's the thing that George could have is had a winning record when this team didn't have one for four straight years. The other thing is if he likes Vic Fangio and wants to bring Vic Fangio back, but obviously a lot of the public is not behind Vic Fangio. If he wants to make it easy for him to bring Vic back, well, then a winning record can can help with the public perception of that. So those are the only two things that I can really think of. George Payton wanting to win these last two games. Yeah, it, it, the perception is interesting. I mean, I think there are people who would look at it simply and say winning record. That's, hey, that's great. Bring him back. But when you look into how that winning record would have happened, especially if the Chiefs do have everything clinched, if you, if you have a winning record and – there's a win over the Chiefs B team. There's a win over Detroit, which was decimated by injuries and COVID. And then those three wins at the start of the year. To me, you start looking at that and saying, yeah, that's not really a quality winning season, as it were. Yep, I, I agree. And, you know, you also have a chance of losing mm-hmm. that next year. Because, you know, I think that's one of the, the best um, – benefits of losing to the Raiders last week. You never want to lose to the Raiders. You also never want to lose to the Chargers or the Chiefs. Um, but the benefit of losing last week is now you're in line for another schedule just like this one, or not just like it, but very similar to this one. You're going to get, um, you know, the last place teams in the AFC on your schedule. You're going to get um, another – your 17th game is going to be another easy one or should be another easy one. Um, so that's a benefit here. If you If you win these last two games, there's definitely a good chance – um, that you lose out on that opportunity as well. So there's a lot <coughs> at stake here. Um, but, you know, Zach, there have been some ideas floated around out there about how the Broncos might not want to trade, um, might not want, to, or sorry, might not want to uh, move on from Vic Fangio. And from a ownership standpoint, from, you know, that whole, that whole conversation, which we touched on yesterday, uh, and you're right. If if that's the case, you really hope for a win in these last two games. You honestly hope that the Chiefs are playing for something, and Vic Fangio's defense holds them to 13 points, and the you know the offense uh, scores 14 or whatever it may be. Uh, and then you really can start to sell the idea of look, we just we can't. We're gonna fix the offense, but what, we're not giving up on this defense. What would you rather have, by the way? Would you rather have a schedule of Atlanta, Baltimore, New England? Or Carolina Cleveland Jets. Yeah, I mean you obviously option want the B. One. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> option B is right now what last place gets you for those three games set by by placement in the standings. Option A is Wait, second no, place. Now, now, if if the Broncos win out mm-hmm. and the Chargers obviously lose this week to the Broncos, but then win, isn't there a chance that even winning out the Broncos could still finish last? Uh let me the cho- let's see. I'm just going to think of it in my head here. The cho- if the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders no, are not. all, yeah, if the Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders are all tied, then the Ra- then I believe. I mean that that's the tiebreaker. The Broncos win. If for I the Chargers, be third or I think yeah, Broncos have finished third. So forget well, that. Anyway, what what well, can no, happen is the Broncos could think, win yeah, one of these yeah, games. Yeah. Because right now, when we're talking about the scenarios that get to the Broncos to the playoffs, and one and the, the scenario involves 
the Broncos beating the Chargers and the Chargers beating the Raiders. So like the key, right. a key is keeping the Raiders out of 10 and seven. So. Right. And, and so that's why I think that, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't, but, but so the Broncos could still win one game and have the worst seed in the division. Yeah. I guess that would be a consolation yeah. prize for destroying your draft pick. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. That would, not worth it. It's not worth it. And then obviously for Vic Fangio guys, this is, uh, these are huge because you go you go to zero and two down the stretch after a three and zero start. That would mean that the Broncos went four and ten down the stretch. You couple that with the the disappointments of the past two years, man, really tough case to to bring Vic back. Even if the defense plays well, he wins these last two. Okay, you had some momentum. You played well against the Chargers. In fact, you swept the Chargers. You played well against the Chiefs. You finally got that monk off your back. Even if the Chiefs weren't playing for anything, you still don't have the losing streak anymore. But ideally, the Chiefs are playing for something, and then you beat them, and that's actually a huge win. Then there's very legitimate reason to bring Vic back, even though a lot of people still wouldn't want it. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I, I can't see, you know, that's the thing, like, like, Three straight losing seasons. I mean, they fired Vance Joseph for two straight losing seasons. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. three straight losing seasons and you keep the guy. I just, I mean, I don't get it, man. I had, the, I had that piece that I posted on, on the DMVR.com about how if you don't have a – forget about losing seasons. If you don't have a playoff season in the first three years, then the chances are not good that you figure it out in year four and beyond. I think like, literally, I mean, if you – if None of none of the coaches who had three straight losing three straight non playoff seasons to start, none of them ever ever won a Super Bowl with that team after they were kept around. Only two of them eventually made it, and one of them was Jeff Fisher, who got kept only because he was supervising a team in the middle of a move from Houston to Nashville. So, yeah, I just I can't see it. Uh, real quick, Mace. What's your reaction, though, to the the idea that the Broncos may not want to do this coaching search without the new owner? Uh, I mean, I get why you might think that, but I think, it, it, but also, in terms of the public, I think you're going to do some short term damage. I think there's some, you know, we see we see the unsold tickets every week on the market. It's not just it's not just secondary market. If you go on the Ticketmaster site every week and you look at the tickets available when they're in kind of fuchsia, that means they're resale when they're in blue. That means they're not, they haven't been sold and you're seeing more and more tickets in the corners of the stadium and the club in, in the club level that aren't sold. You're seeing, and, and especially when you talk about premium seat revenue, club seats and suites and enthusiasm dipping for that on top of just everyone of maybe of people, maybe being a bit, bit scooped, but spooked about the current COVID environment. You have to give people a reason to buy these tickets, and especially the premium tickets because that's where you keep 100% of the revenues right now, and that does matter to the, the bottom line. And I don't see how keeping Vic Fangio is going to help move any of those. And the other thing is also if you keep Vic Fangio, does that lessen your chances of getting one of these elite quarterbacks on the trade market? And if you don't trade for one of those quarterbacks, are you really going to bring in – a drafted quarterback, have him work under this staff, and then all of a sudden, you're, if you have another frustrating season, you're changing staffs again. Just for all for for all the reasons and all the possibilities here, 
I think moving on from Vic Fangio is probably the most logical play. And from that big picture ownership standpoint, you might be able to make the case that if the Broncos were to make the home run higher, um, which I would probably say is Doug Peterson in this in mm-hmm. this cycle, a Super Bowl winning head coach, offensive mind, likable guy, that increases the value of the franchise. You know, the fans mm-hmm. are re-energized, the fans are excited. You've got this great coach that you know that everyone's excited about. You know, it might not be a, you know the difference of a billion dollars, um, but it, it could you know help increase. Whereas Vic Fangio, you know the the new guy comes around and says, well, "You guys have this this coach who everyone doesn't like. People aren't showing up in the stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think I deserve a little discount on this. <laughs> so a ten a ten dollar discount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 20% off your next purchase. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. At the team store where you already get 100% off. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, before we move along, I'm going to let our friend um, Dan from the Madden League uh, do the Manscaped read for me because he uh, wrote this in the chat this morning. Here it is. Sorry to change the subject, but if you don't already own a Lawnmower 4.0 and Weed Whacker, buy one. Probably the best grooming product I've ever used. He doesn't get paid by them. He just got that for Christmas <laughs> and uh, post posted that in the Madden chat. Uh, so that is quite the endorsement there from the homie Dan. And uh, and he's right. Uh, it's definitely the best grooming product I've ever used. Um, and then on top of that, they have so many other little great products that you'll love including the shampoo and conditioner, the new body wash. Uh, there's so many different things from Manscaped that are awesome. I love the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, two little uh, serums that they've created. Um, one's a ball deodorant. One is one, and one is a little uh, a little midday spritz to make you feel like you're, uh, you're feeling fresh as you, you know, uh, you, as you're coming out of lunch, you want to, you want to attack the second half of the day. Nothing like a little spritz on there to, uh, to get you going again um but you got to use the code dnvr when you go over there you'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping from our friends at manscape and again lawnmower 4.0 the weed whacker for those nose and ear hairs uh so many great options from the friends over at manscape so check them out and thank you dan for that great read yes dan and speaking of great values mint mobile is offering the best deal that you can find cell phone service at. And why it's so great is they don't have any physical stores. And you don't want to go to a physical store anyway. So they save a lot of money by not having to pay uh, for, for, for rent and for building space. They save tons of money and they pass it all on to you. And their cell phone services start at just $15 a month for unlimited talk unlimited text. And then that's where your data plan starts as well is with Mint Mobile. You starts at 15 a month and it goes up from there and you can get three months for free. If you buy the first three months by using the code DNVR, you go to mintmobile.com slash DNVR, sign up, you'll get very cheap cell phone service. And then you'll get first you after you buy three months you'll get the next three months for free we have all done this and it's as easy as going to mintmobile.com slash dnvr they send you a little sim card you get the sim card put it in your phone download an app and boom you are ready to go with very very affordable cell phone service and it's the same service as all the other carriers so you get to save a lot of money and have the same carrier 
You know what else will save you money is if you take advantage of the discounts over at Strava Craft Coffee right now. If you use the code DMVR25, you'll get 25% off your entire order at at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's DMVR25 for StravaCraftCoffee.com. If you don't know what Strava Craft Coffee is, you want to learn about it. Strava Craft Coffee is CBD-infused coffee and you know maybe you're suffering from migraines maybe you have ibs or joint pain cbd can help with some of with with those ailments people far and wide have found that cbd infused products have helped with those ailments and strava craft coffee if you're a coffee enthusiast is great tasting coffee it's available any way you want it whole bean ground even in k cups you can get them uh, get them all at strava craft Co- strava craft coffee i'll get that out right and get 25% off with that code DNVR25. And if you try it and like it, you can subscribe and get a permanent discount. So subscribe. You can get delivered every two, four, six, eight weeks, whatever you prefer. And you'll get 20% off that CBD-infused coffee every time. There's even decaf coffee if you don't want to give yourself the, ca- the, the caffeine uh, buzz in the morning. So check that out. If you like it, subscribe. Get 20% off from Strava Craft Coffee. And if you just want to have it once, come on down to the DNVR bar and try the Strava Cold Brew, which is on tap at the DNVR bar. So remember, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Use the code DNVR20. Five and save 25% off every order. Or if you like it and you want it coming to your door regularly, if it, you find it helps you with IBS, aches and pains, headaches, whatever, then you can subscribe and get 20% off for life at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's StravaCraftCoffee.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the comments here. And first, we've got a couple super chats to hit. So let's hit those right off the bat. Uh, and we'll try to be quick so we can get through all because we don't have too, too many questions today. First one's from Edward Keating. What's up, guys? Is it better for the Broncos to lose out and ensure the coaching staff and QB is gone? Oh, uh, and we get a better draft pick. Thanks, guys. DB4L. Well, uh, I'm sure you loved that whole entire first and second segment. Yeah, you certainly did, Edward. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you want the coaching staff gone, Losing the next two games is really good. Yes, absolutely. Okay, next one. Um, this is just a from RSH who says, <laughs> getting laid, finding love, and slump busters. This episode is getting spicy. Yeah, it's getting something, that's for sure. It's getting spicy okay. in the bedroom. <laughs> Jesus. All right, I think that's all we have. Uh, next one here uh, comes in from the comment section on the dnvr.com. Uh, which, of course, you can become a member at thednvr.com and get your questions read every single day. Uh, and it comes in from Cosmo Kelly, like I said. It really boils down to Pickett or Strong in this draft. They are clearly above the others, in my opinion. If the Broncos landed one of these guys, I'd be stoked. Howell and Corral are a decent second option and might be successful at the next level, but not as caliber as Strong and Pickett. If I had my choice of the two, I'd go Pickett. How say you? This is an interesting take. I don't think... It's necessarily in line uh, with with the way people in the NFL are thinking. Yeah, I think I think Corral's certainly up there uh, in, in the top echelon right now, and and I think that Howell is probably in the in the teens right now. Uh, Mesa, is Howell still your number one? Well, I don't have a number one right now. I am actually kind of in the process of evaluating. But look, all of these guys have flaws right yep. now. So there isn't a clear cut number one. The best, the best arm and the guy who comes from the best scheme as far as development is Carson Strong. The problem is you don't know how that knee is going to be. Every, everything for Carson Strong is going to come down to the medicals on him. I mean, Sam, Sam Howell 
the thing you're going to have to work with with him is uh, kind of on his uh, on his clock a little bit. I think uh, working behind a very shaky offensive line this past year at Carolina, especially, uh, you you saw him kind of try hold, to stay in the pocket a little bit too long, try to buy time. He kind of worked his way into sacks, and that's something that I think you're going to have to chase out out of him. I also don't think that. Uh, Howell was done any favors with his scheme. I like him a lot, but I, but you're probably looking at a at a one year incubation on Sam Howell, kind of t- getting him up to speed NFL wise before you can say, oh, all right, you're ready to put him out there. If Carson Strong is healthy, I think he might be ready the soonest of these quarterbacks. Yeah, I've I, I love Carson Strong's arm. I have a little bit of a uh, obsession with arm strength in these uh, pre yeah. pre draft. Um, very true. Uh, you know, evaluations and his, his arm is by far the best. Um, it really pops off. He can rip that thing, but no way teams are going to take a chance on him if the knee, if the in the first in the top of the first round, right? If the knee medicals don't come back, I mean, I don't want to say crystal clear, but very well. You know, they got to come back and say, look, there's obviously you never want to see a guy with knee injuries. But this looks pretty good. The surgeries were successful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think Kenny Pickett, to me, is is my pick to be the highest pick uh, mm-hmm. of those guys. Even um, with the small hands? Even with the small hands. Joe Burrow has small hands, too. Yeah, um, the, Joe Burrow has nine-inch hands. I mean, jo- Joe Burrow, Drew Locke are at the baseline. Not every, nine inches is the cutoff, and Kenny Pickett is looking at being at about eight and a quarter unless he does the – Brandon Allen finger hand stretching massage thing that I believe add about a half an inch to his hand size. Yeah. The question is like, it, you know, it, what, what really is nine inches versus eight and a quarter, you know, eight and a quarter, you probably gets rounded up to nine anyway, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it does round it up to 10, eight, I'd say eight and three quarters gets round up to nine. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you're catching my drift there. Mate. I know, I know. Uh, uh, so, anyways, foot long now. Oh God, oh, um, I can't believe we're doing this. <laughs> so, I think I think that he goes as QB one in this draft. Um, but the one that I think might just be the riser, the late riser, which we always see, uh, is Malik Willis. I just think with all of those intangibles and tools, and if a team is willing to say. Um, We'll hire, you know, for example, Greg Roman as our head coach um, or someone like that, an innovative offensive mind who wants a fast quarterback. Then I think that they could be I don't think there's a ceiling on how high he could go if a team falls in love with the idea of having a lightning quick quarterback. Yeah, actually, in one name that could that could rise quickly this week as well is Desmond Ritter. Yeah. If they go out against Zach's yeah. Crimson Tide, and, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and if Ritter plays exceptionally well, then I think I, I think I, I think the the feeling on him is going to change a little bit, and uh, he could play his way into the first round if he comes out, you know, with Bright, especially when you're going to go possession to possession with Bryce Young the comp on the other side, and you're going against Alabama defense that's that is as usual stacked with eventual first and second round picks. If Ritter does, if Ritter does well, if Ritter's the best player on the field, then that's the sort of moment that could that I think would change the discussion about him. The other one that I think you can't count out is Bailey Zapp. 
if I'm saying his last name correctly. Um, he's uh, he's turned some heads here. It took a long time. It's it's hard when you're coming from a small school. Now I, I'm not talking about him as QB one, mm-hmm. but in terms of a guy who could really rise in the draft process, I think uh, he could excite some people. Uh, and we've talked many times about guys going from not known very well at the end of the true football season to absolute first round picks once the draft comes around. Yep. Uh, and, and people are talking about, well, can these guys fall to day two? <sighs> I don't want to do the day two thing again. I just, I, d- I don't want to see it now. Again, it's worked out for teams in the past. Um, but, you know, what happens when you go day two is you you don't you don't feel like you have to commit, and that's exactly what happened with Drew Locke. And so all the people who are big Drew Locke fans who are upset about the way the Broncos have you know treated him and the way that they've treated that that quarterback situation, it's because Drew Locke was a day two pick, a hundred percent. If Drew Locke was taken with a tenth overall pick in that draft, which the Broncos of course had. There's a, in my mind, there's a 0% chance that Teddy Bridgewater would have been the starter this year. They would have absolutely rolled with Drew Locke for, for another year. And, uh, and, and, you know, you would have gotten your wish of seeing more than whatever it's been 21 starts for Drew Locke. So, um, or I guess that's not, is that just appearances? 21 appearances night uh, right. and uh, 19 starts. And the right. funny thing is, historically, that is more than 75 percent of second round picks in their in their first two years you go eight the first two years 18 starts most second round picks don't have that close to that many starts in their first two seasons so in in a lot of ways drew lock has gotten more of a chance especially early than second round picks have all right let's turn on the speeders and let's get to all of these questions next one from nemo three i'm convinced mcmanus has dirt on vic lol speaking of vic i've noticed that overall our core players that we rely on most are so wildly inconsistent is that an indictment on the head coach i respect vic as a defensive coordinator but i think he should focus on doing just that instead of trying to run a team boy i sure hope there's some credence to the notion of him saying as high pay defensive coordinator and giving up head coach duties. I watched the Vikings play the Rams last week. Low key Leonard Floyd was more disruptive and noticeable than Vaughn, which is crazy because this offseason I thought it was disrespectful to mention the two in the same season in the same sentence. Is that another feather in Peyton's hat? Definitely. Uh, I think, yeah, you know, Zach, we talked about it uh, after the game. George Payton, for everything not involving the quarterback, gets an A plus this year. Um, it feels like every single button he's pressed outside of the quarterback button um, has been a 10 out of 10. Yeah, it, it really does. And that, that was one of them. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing is QB is like the final exam though. Yep, that's what, and, that's and, what the, and the final counts 50%. So yep. that's exactly what, that's yeah. what we said. 80%, he gets 80% a, even. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We it's said, like a law school exam. Said he gets an A for everything else and an F uh for quarterback and that averages out to a c mm. um yep. <laughs> as, as for uh the core players playing inconsistent i agree with this i think it's more about the players than the coach um i think yeah that, i i don't i don't think you can put every single thing on a coach you don't like i think what happens is we and i mean we as in broncos country as a whole overrate players based off of their best performances um, and think that that's what they should give all the time. And when in reality, they're not actually that good. That was the top end of the spectrum for them. And what they actually are is a little bit lower than that. 
there's a real simple way to kind of do that exercise when you're looking at a player drop the high and drop the low. And then, and then what do you have left? Like with, with Drew Locke, for example, if with it, with 19 starts, you drop either the Texan game or the Carolina game. And then you'd probably drop the Raider game last year. And you'd be left and you'd be left with a quarterback who on balance is still below average. Next one's from Coach Tobin. RK, you coined Javante Williams as Michael Fires, and I spit out my water when I read that. Well, I'm glad I made you laugh. Uh, my off-topic uh, off question since our season is done, have any of you been blocked on Twitter by anyone? I was blocked by Mike Kliss. I'm sure it was something I commented, but I just thought it was funny. Speak for myself here. Not that I know of. Not that I know right. of. Exactly. Not that I know of either. I've never uh, gone to a page and saw blocked. I have... For a while, I was blocked by oh, Wade Phillips. Drew, I was blocked by Drew Soisher. Okay. I, I, everyone's blocked by Soisher. That's yeah. at some point. I'm I'm blocked by Soisher. I was blocked by Wade Phillips somehow, but now he follows me again and everything is cool there. We and um I had a uh, Gil Whiteley lobby for me to, to get unblocked by Wade because we weren't sure what happened. Um I'm blocked by Benny Fowler. Oh, wow. That's oh, I'm also blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. I have no idea why. Wow. Oh, did I remember... you go through a huge spree of blocking people? Yes, I remember it came out that he was blocking everyone. Let me see if I can. Big and ben. did you try to get in on the action? Oh, I'm not. I'm not blocked anymore. Sad. <laughs> I think I might also be blocked by the Grand Junction Rockies uh, for the uh, for the yeah. whole humpback chubs. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I got blocked by them for a bit too. Yeah, I was trying to, <laughs> trying to think of like specific people. Yeah, I I guess I have a couple of the uh, the mainstream blocks. <laughs> yeah. Next one from LDJ says, so I don't know. I'm just curious your thoughts, but isn't Patrick Mahomes, John Elway born in an era that had a lot of rules to protect the quarterback and score more points. I don't know why no one speaks to that. It's so obvious that Elway played incredible in an era that didn't allow all this, ta- all his talent to be game changing as it should have been. I don't know. Just curious. What do you guys think? Not think only the era more- wrong coach. I think that there's a more Elway quarterback in the NFL right now than Patrick Mahomes. Is it Justin Herbert? No. Josh Allen? Yes. Mm. Uh, when I watch Josh Allen and just the way that he kind of flings the ball uh, and the way that it just just explodes off of his hand, the way that he throws it, that reminds me more of John Elway uh, yeah. than, than Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes has like uh, – if it was baseball, you'd call it sneaky cheese. It doesn't look like somehow the ball is, it doesn't look like he's moving his arm that fast. And somehow the ball just flies out of there. But that, you know, baseball is also an Elway's background as well, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and you can, and the thing that kind of gets me is when you look at some old Elway clips and somehow I was, I was watching a Bronco giant game in 1989. It was called by John Madden and the Broncos lost it. And they were trying to come back. And there were a couple of times where like Elway was just kind of – he was he was out of the pocket. It was, they were down, and so it was fourth quarter. And it was when Dan Reeves always said, all right, John, finally go do your thing. And, of course, he nearly leads them back at the end of this game. And with the way Elway buys time getting wide and then kind of flicks it and, and then kind of fl- – and, and then flicks it, that's – I do kind of see the Mahomes comp. But the, th- the, the difference is it's not only the era – 
But John Elway had the wrong – Dan Reeves was the wrong coach for John Elway in terms of maximizing what, what Elway was because it, he, didn't, he didn't have a very dynamic offense at all. Even though he had Mike Shanahan on the staff, it was very limited by what Reeves wanted to do schematically. And that – I mean, I, I think in that era, if you'd just given John Elway – if you'd given him Joe Gibbs, that's a heck of a coach to have, Hall of Famer. If you'd given John Elway Joe Gibbs, Elway would have been putting up ungodly numbers from about year one, year two onward. And of course, as we know, he almost did get to play for Joe Gibbs because there was a trade that would have sent Elway to Washington that ultimately Pat Bowling was able to step in and prevent from happening. Thank God. Um, I'll just say this on Josh Allen. He... He did. He put uh, a whole season worth of highlight throws on film just this week against the Patriots. That defense, maybe, are arguably the best defense in the NFL, and he made some incredible plays um, just with creativity and imagination um, that really won the Bills that game. Uh, it was really impressive. I feel like it might be the most underrated thing that's happened in the NFL this season was how good Josh Allen was in that game. Uh, Back on the Bills' train. Last one uh, we have time for here, I believe. Mile High Buckeye. My boys, not sure how Vic and Shermer are still employed, but whatever. Looking forward to the moves that this team will hopefully make in the offseason. Also looking forward to the 2022 opponents to be announced so I can start planning trips for next year. Planning on going to a home game each year, making a pilgrimage to the pilgrimage to the DNVR bar slash party bus slash tailgate. Discovering the pod was the best Broncos-related thing to happen for me in 2021 and being there to see us smack the Cowboys. I love that comment. Thank you. Hopefully we get Russ and Rogers and score more than 10 points a game next year. Long live the NVR, Alex. <laughs> Let's cheers to that, Alex. Long live uh, you. And thanks so much for rolling with us. And uh, yeah, Russ or Rogers, guys, we'd be talking about a much different scenario next year. I don't think we'd be talking about winning out or losing out in the same context that we are now. Yeah, Russ or Rogers going to be the headline of at <laughs> least five off-season pods. Five uh, off-season pods a week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Before we get out of here, one last shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, msudenver.edu slash online for all they have to offer. 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs, something for everyone over at MSU Denver Online. And if you're looking to work a full-time job, there's no better place to go than MSU Denver because students attending MSU Denver work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. But again, that wraps it up for us. Thanks to everyone who watched today. Hit us with a like on your way out if you could. We always appreciate that. You can also subscribe and sign up for alerts every time we go live. But for now, that wraps it up for us. For Zach and Mace, I'm RK. We'll catch you later. Fly.
take you back.